When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Champions, nothing personal word of the day. It is February 13th, 2023, otherwise known as the day after the Super Bowl, otherwise known as the first day of baseball season. Monday, February 13th, the Kansas City Chiefs are champions. We've got so many stories to get through, but let's start with a concept that should be as near and dear to you as any you've learned in your time on earth. Don't do something for the first time on Super Bowl Sunday. It's sort of an easy concept and you can break it down. Let's go macro. When you are going to your biggest interview or your biggest client and you're not sure which route to do, don't take a new route for the first time where you're not exactly sure how long it'll take. Don't wear new sneakers when you're running a marathon. Pretty easy, right? Don't wear new clothes when you're doing something they could itch and you could get a little rash. I got another thing that you shouldn't do for the first time on Super Bowl Sunday. Use a pizza oven. This actually happened. This is a true story of what happened at my house. Seven people are over. Everything's great. We're talking, we're partying, we're looking for commercials. We have a new pizza oven, nicely gotten to me, gotten for me for Hanukkah. Went, got some wood because there's a place for wood. Keep in mind, I'm no Tim Love. I'm not a chef. I'm just me. I'm an order-in guy. Maybe once in a while, some cauliflower French toast, some maybe tuna fish, eggs in a pinch. Pizza oven, unwrap it. It looks like there's some sort of parts. I read all the directions. You have to put the square peg into the round hole. You need wood and it gets to 932 degrees. Caution, don't use indoors. All right, outdoors, the pizza oven goes. Go to the store, buy Duraflame wood. You couldn't go to the backyard and chop wood. A, I don't know how to chop wood. 
not Bella Ramsey. B, what am I going to do? So I buy little wood. You can't buy big wood. You can't look for backyard wood. It's little Duraflame wood. You get one of those big lighters. You get dough from the pizza shop. You get toppings. You need the dough. Can't do that. Try to flatten the dough. Can't do that. You end up with what looks like a flying saucer. Hadn't practiced. You put the wood in. The first thing you're supposed to do is get the chemicals out. What do you mean? Start the fire. Great. Start the fire. Smoke going everywhere. I'm concerned I'm gonna have neighbors calling. I'm concerned about the fact that there's a mess already. I'm concerned about the fact that there's a level of soot in the backyard already, and the wind keeps changing directions. I'm covered in soot. I'm talking like George Clooney type of covered in soot. Like I had just gone down the chimney type of covered in soot. So the chemicals in theory are burned off, but it doesn't look that way. Shove the first pizza in, we're out of wood get more wood, just little bags of Duraflame, put the Duraflame in, light that crap on fire, whoosh, close it, gets hot, one minute it says, 60 seconds, done, we're gonna have eight pizzas done, we won't even have to miss the coin toss, it's brilliant, 60 seconds, what the hell's going on? You sort of look in, meanwhile, the chimney's going crazy of the pizza oven, I'm hungry, I'm grumpy, I gotta start looking at the game, I wanna keep track of commercials, all this is going on, because I'd never done a dry run, so what do I do? There's only one thing to do. You take out your Milwaukee leaf blower. That's right, if you don't have a Milwaukee leaf blower, this show is not sponsored by Milwaukee tools and leaf blowers, but it damn well should be. Took out a leaf blower, which I'd gotten two years ago as part of a sales contest. Never used it, of course, because what would I do with the leaf blower? I used it along with others who were there. Thank you, shout out to you, Dan. Used it to get rid of the soot that was everywhere everywhere. And guess what? On the pizza too. Thank God for Domino's. How could I be so stupid as to think that you can use something on Super Bowl Sunday for the first time that you've never used before and think that you're going to get to eat pizza? There's no way that anyone participating in a Super Bowl is doing something for the first time that they've never done. I'm not buying it. I'm watching the game. And I'm looking around at the field and I'm watching players slip all over. I'm thinking to myself, what is going on with this turf? I do a little research. Side story, in 2007 and six and five, we were negotiating to get a new ballpark built. And one of the things that we were able to do in Miami is put in the budget to our owner, forget signing any good players. Forget being good, let's trade Cabrera, but we gotta put in the budget travel money for me and four of my guys to go to every stadium around the country and around the world because I'm looking at best practices. I don't know what the hell I'm looking at, but I know I like going to these places. We'll put it in the budget, it's 67% from the public, 33% private, no problem. Travel budget for Samson. All right, SEC, I'm just kidding. Of course I didn't charge the public for me to go. We just traded a utility infielder. I mean, or whatever, a Hall of Fame infielder. Take your pick. So we're going around ballpark to ballpark, stadium to stadium, give us a tour. We went to AT&T and looked at, at Dallas and looked at his suite and Jerry Jones has this private elevator that he takes that he can only get from one place to another so no one can go near him. It's like the Wilpon elevator in City Field. I like that, we wanted to get a private elevator, didn't quite work, didn't have the space, but whatever's a good idea. 
we get to Glendale, Arizona. Who doesn't like going to Arizona? If you've never been to Phoenix, Arizona, or Scottsdale, Arizona, you'll notice a couple things. Number one, there's no grass that's not inside a store within a white piece of rolling paper. That's it. Either you're golfing or you're smoking. That's the only thing. There's no lawns with grass. So we go tour the facility and they say, we gotta show you this. If you're building a ballpark in Miami, you're really gonna want this. And I said, what? Come, it's a surprise, we're gonna show you. This is while it was happening. Look at the parking lot. So we go to the parking lot, we walk around, and all of a sudden, as far as the eyes can see, I'm looking at a football field. And I say, that's weird. Why is there a football field in your parking lot? And they say, no, no, watch this. Crank it up, Johnny. It rolls back into the stadium. Wait a minute, you grow your grass by having it in the sunlight in the parking lot? And you only put it inside the actual stadium when there are events and when there's things that need this playing field? It's brilliant. How cool is that? Go back to Miami and say, can we do that? And they say, what are you kidding me? You already don't have enough parking. You're making us build four parking structures. People are gonna still go blocky, no blocky. There's no way you're gonna do it. By the way, it's an extra $300 million. Hey, would you like to spend the extra 300? Well, David, we're pretty tapped out on the public side. Are you sure? Yeah, we're pretty sure. All right, we'll just put grass, regular grass in Marlins Park. Little did we know at that time. We'd need solar lights because the sun was not properly hitting the grass. Therefore, the grass was not properly growing. And if you're going to Marlins Park in all those years, you'd see brown spots all the time, but then we'd paint them green. Ha ha. The players would come into the clubhouse. This is Coca. This actually happens. Players would come into the clubhouse in their jerseys if they dived on the ground or if they dove on the ground and they dove in a patch that we had painted they would get green paint all over their jerseys and it was super hard to get out. So there were clubbies who had to do the laundry extra times or we had extra uniforms because for outfielders who are diving, it's a problem. You're diving on the dirt, you're good. You're diving in the outfield, not so bueno. And there were patches of all this paint all the time. And to make it look good, we didn't want brown because it looked crappy, so you paint it. It still looks crappy from above where the Clevelander was, but people in the Clevelander, what did they care what color it was? The only paint they cared about was on the women. Anyway, so we can't do what they were doing in Phoenix because we didn't have the space. And I thought it was brilliant until I read yesterday that the National Football League did something for the last two years, never rehearsed on it, never practiced on it. They built a field elsewhere and rolled it in for the Super Bowl, never having played on it. The players come out pregame, they're wearing a set of cleats. Here's what players have in their bag. When you get your, if you're a player like Ichiro or Jalen Hurts, or you're a player who uses speed, or you're an offensive lineman, there's different types of cleats that you use. Sometimes they're metal, sometimes they're plastic, sometimes you wear what's called turf shoes, which are like golfing shoes almost. They're not, um, they're no cleats at all. And you have multiple pairs of different cleats because you're not exactly sure how field's gonna play. If it rains and it's a wet track, that's one set of cleats. If it snows, that's a different track. If the ground is frozen, if it's soft, they have all these different shoes and they've used all these different shoes. They know how they feel. They know if they get blisters, they know how it's good for their bunions. So this is very, very common. Jalen Hurts goes out there and plays, comes back in the second half or the second quarter says, this is horrific. 
this field, I have no, I have no traction. Changes his cleats. Hassan Reddick actually said after the game, it's the worst field he's ever played on. The TV partner of the NFL, the number one analyst, Greg Olson, who had an amazing game. Another quick side note. Hey, Tom, don't take too long away because if you give Greg Olson a chance to continue solidifying his spot as the lead analyst for Fox, even Fox will not want to mess with that and put you in the number one seat. Now they could put you in number two, number three, number four, maybe put you at the desk, match you with Jeter. How about that? Fox announcing Jeter. Time out. Not even on the rundown, Coca. I got a call from my agent yesterday during the game. He said, did you hear about Jeter? I said, what? And he said, Jeter's joining the mob. And I said, well, he's been in so many commercials. What, what are you talking about? And then you get the star MLB. Have you ever done that on text where it's the total wrong word? Like, hey, I'm going to pick your ass. I mean, kick your ass. Damn autocorrect, right? So you followed up with a star. Everyone's done it. Don't say you haven't. I can hear you laughing in the chat room if there is a chat room and the big studio audience behind me. So... It turns out that what my agent was telling me is that Jeter was joining Fox's MLB coverage. So he said, guess they didn't hire you for that one. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate the love. Thank you so much. Love you, Jerry. Obviously, they wanted Jeter. He's doing every commercial under the sun. Did they hire Hannah also? Maybe the kids will be there. But him and A-Rod on the desk at the same time, announcing on Super Bowl Sunday, having him out there, it was a chef's kiss. I want some attention. You got attention. But here's the thing. You sort of got to be good at it. You got to say something. You have to actually take a position. You have to be willing to critique something that's going on. Willie, won't he? Wait to see. But let me tell you who's good. Greg Olson. They replaced Greg Olson with Tom Brady. Tom Brady came out and said, no, nah, I'm going to take till 24. You take it, Greg, one more year. Maybe he'll fail at the Super Bowl. Maybe he'll get like cold feet. Maybe when the red light goes on for Super Bowl Sunday, he and Burkhart would have some sort of problem. They were perfect. Don't tell me that you need some sort of star power. You need people who are good. And Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, winners. Fox got a decision to make, but you know how they feel about stars. So Olson the whole time was saying, there's something going on with this field. I've not seen players slip like this. This could have an impact. They showed a kickoff where the kicker's plant foot slipped. The kick still went off, but it could have been a problem. The last field goal of the game. Hey, look out. Patrick Mahomes was doing what he was supposed to do, centering the ball, kneeing it right where it's supposed to be for a game-winning walk-off, except it's right on the painted part, and people have been slip-sliding away. Paul Simon, he made the field goal. The NFL thought that it would be good to use grass for the first time that had never been used because, hey, two years, 800 grand, golf course grass. It's a winner. There's more divots there than when I play nine holes. What else happened yesterday that made me smile? I was thinking about what it would be like to have a game actually decided by referees. And what I was thinking about as I was watching the game is I was noticing that the, the flags, you didn't get a lot of holding calls, offensive holdings. As a matter of fact, Coca, Coca, was there even one offensive holding 
Cole? I do not remember. There was the defensive holding at the end of the game. There were a bunch of false starts, a bunch of neutral zone infractions. How do you not have a neutral zone infraction? Here's a hint for a defensive player, just in case I'm invited to training camp next year. If you turn your head and you're looking directly into the ear hole of the offensive lineman, there's a small chance you've infringed on the neutral zone. Call me crazy. Did you see when the Eagles need to get one yard and they go down like they're having a rugby scrum and all of a sudden they get one or two yards every single time? It's like they only have first and nine to go because if they're ever at third and one, they get the first down no matter what. Even fourth and one, you can't stop them. Don't tell me you don't need a good offensive line. I got to say that the Kelsey brother who's the center, he's a little less outspoken than the Kelsey tight end. You don't have to have your finger on the button when you're interviewing the Kelsey Center. But my, that Kelsey Center, I'm going to say, forgive me for saying it, I have him as a better player than his brother. When you've got a center like that, and you've got a right tackle who's offside every freaking time, oh no, Greg Olson said it's just the naked eye that's seen that. Number 65, Green, was standing up earlier than everybody else on the line. But he's that good? I'm checking out his wrist. So when you're going through the game and you're seeing how the penalties are going, you're chucking and ducking. They're not calling pass interference. They're not calling defensive holding. They're not calling offensive line holding. They're letting them play except for things that happen that are part of what a team does to itself. The clock running out, et cetera, or things that are obvious offsides, defense or offense false starts. We get to the end of the game. It's been an unbelievable game. Game is tied. The Chiefs are driving. The Chiefs have the momentum. They're in field goal range. It looks like the Eagles, it's going to be a Mahomes-Josh Allen situation. Will the last person with the ball win? If you give the ball back to Jalen Hurts, the odds are, no matter that they didn't have a great second half, that they're going to be able to score and at least tie the game. We could have our first overtime game in these playoffs and figure out those no rules. So Patch Mahomes goes back on a quarter of a leg, throws it toward the end zone, and... It's overthrown. That's it. All right, fourth down punt. There's gonna, uh, they're going to kick a field goal, I mean. Kick off. It'll be a touchback. There'll be about minute 48, one or two timeouts. We got ourselves a great ending here. And all of a sudden, there's a flag. And then they show the replay. It looked like some sort of something, if you watch the video. He grabbed, if you see it there, he grabbed his shirt. That's fine. Can't do it. That's holding, by the way. And then again, a little this, right there in the turn, that stops him. Does that stop him from actually getting the ball? It's sort of an uncatchable ball because it was so far in front of him. Look at how far, if that video would keep going, which it's not, you'd see that it's pretty far in front of him. But be that as it may, by calling that flag, the referees guaranteed the Chiefs would win the game. For all of you who had two and five in your box pool, thinking that they would score a touchdown and win 42 to 35, if you're not listening to Greg Olson, then you're not knowing what's gonna happen. Greg Olson said very clearly, they're not gonna score a touchdown. They are gonna get to the goal line, take a knee and kick a field goal and never give them the ball back. That's how you do it. Meanwhile, there's a run and the player was smart. He didn't step out of bounds. We saw that in the championships. He stopped just in time. His foot actually slipped over the line, but he kept the ball behind it, so it's not a touchdown. Knee down, clock running, no more timeouts, and that's after Nick Sirianni, he of the tears of a clown, he had used a timeout and gotten a five-yard penalty with all the inability to get plays off on time. Chiefs kick a 
easy give me field goal. They win the game 38-35, and they are your Super Bowl champions. The Eagles are angry, despondent, furious that their window of opportunity for winning this year is closed at the hands of a referee. No sooner did the game end that Ray Bradbury said, that's the author, I promise you that's not his name, Coca. I just texted it or tweeted it, it's something Bradbury, that he acknowledged that he held the Chiefs player. He could have gone crazy. He could have said anything. He could have said, you can't call that ticky-tack. What he said is, I was hoping in the circumstances, given the way the game had been called, especially at that part of the game, James said to himself, they're not going to pull the flag. And it's better that I do a quick tug. As you know, quick tugs are better than no tugs. You do a quick tug, and hopefully that can throw the timing off because we know Mahomes is on one leg. And it worked. The timing was off. The pass was incomplete. Make him kick a bit of a longer field goal, and you get the ball back. It's all coming together until the flag comes out. Of course, conspiracy theorists, we all wanted Kansas City to win. Who? Think the NFL, what, are they trying to replace Tom Brady now? This was it, Mahomes' last chance? Or did Jerry Jones say, we can't have the Eagles win? We've got to be right about what we said about the Eagles. We've got to show them that they went all in, it didn't work, and now they're screwed. Think Jerry was calling Roger before the game? You bet you're bippy those Eagles aren't going to win it. It's way too embarrassing. Give it to Mahomes. My guy's not going to catch Mahomes in any sort of legacy situation. We still could get a Super Bowl, but there's no way we're falling behind the Eagles two to nothing in the last 20 years. Forget about it. Could that call have happened? It wouldn't be out of the question. Would that dictate what the referees are going to throw? Do you think the referees don't know in that situation by calling that penalty what that means for the first down in the clock? Do you think that they do what they're supposed to do, which is you call the end of the game the way you call the beginning of the game, the way you call the middle of the game? You call the game consistently. Oh, we're in for a long one. They're pulling the flag out of their shorts. Every month could done a shtick. Every play, it's holding. It's this. It's interference. We've all watched games like that. NBA does the same thing. There can be a foul called on every play in the NBA, on every rebound, every shot. Sometimes refs swallow their whistles, sometimes they don't. Sometimes the timing of the swallow is troubling, sometimes it's perfect. Under all scenarios, you want consistency. We all know in big games, referees are met with by commissioner's office representatives. They are told exactly what the story is, what the background is, what the foreground is, what's at stake. There's meetings that happen with all the referees who are assigned to NFL games. Did the NFL really care that Kansas City won that game or Philadelphia? Are they trying to promote Patrick Mahomes? He of the only injured ankle, not of the injured head? Are they trying not to get teams to do what Philly's doing and what the Rams did because they believe what Jerry Jones said is right, which is don't build teams for now. You've got to build them for now and later. So we can't reward all these nows because then everyone will do it. And then I'll have to do it that way and I'll never win because I'm my own GM. These are all plausible situations. If you're not complimenting Patrick Mahomes right now in the game he played, I've told you about Toradol before. Patrick Mahomes got his ankle rolled, re-hurt his ankle. The fact that he was playing it all two weeks, three weeks after that high ankle sprain, it's just staggering. Ask any doctor, ask any person. Ankle sprains hurt. And when you re-aggravate, it's like going back to square one. You could see his face. Thank God for Rihanna. She gets the co-MVP of the game. She comes out and they do this halftime show. They have to wait for her to say hi to Michael Strahan as she's rushing out in her golf cart. Long halftime. 
treatment. Present needle. He got it, tore it all right in that ankle. Boom. He could have had a compound fracture down there and he would have been whistling Dixie out of his tuchus. Feeling good, Louie. Mahomes came out as though nothing was wrong. Well, I don't know if you're watching nothing personal because I think you're still partying right now because we're live. But let's all do this very nicely but quietly for Patrick. Good morning, Patrick. How you feeling today? You're happy? Don't get out of bed. Don't do it. Don't put your foot on the ground. Trust me, you're going to cry. He's going to wake up. His ankle is going to be oi. But he's going to have his second ring. That guy's got two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, and five AFC championships appearances. Three Super Bowl appearances. He's 27. I'm so busy telling you that Tom Brady's the GOAT, I may not be realizing that I'm looking at the beginning of the GOAT. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. It's not even the most exciting part of the Super Bowl. Some people watch it just for the commercials. It's a big thing, right? $7 million for 30 seconds. The Mets bought a commercial, but it's a local commercial, not the national commercial, which means if you're watching in Des Moines or Grand Rapids or Kalamazoo, you probably didn't see Edwin Diaz as the closer. But in the New York area, you certainly did. I did it. I had to. I had to. I wanted to see. I've never done it before. They have that thing on the TV where you can put your camera and it can send you to a website. So I wanted to know whether or not that would get me to a ticket site. Because why else would you do it? except to buy Mets tickets. Guess what? I put my phone there, I hit it, and guess where it went? Nowhere. So I tried it again just for fun during the commercial because maybe everyone was doing it. And I was like, this is the most successful ticketing campaign ever. It's brilliant. It went to MLB.com. It didn't get me to the ticket page. It got me to the homepage so I could read about JJ Bleday. I'm not saying it was a waste of money because it was damn good for the ego, exactly as we spoke about, but that was the Mets commercial. There was another commercial that totally depressed the crap out of me, and I tweeted about it, and people were like, what's going on? And I realized, wow, that may have been a local, not a national commercial. There's a cancer center here called Sloan Kettering. It's hopefully you've never heard of it. If you've heard of it, it means something bad has happened to you in your family. You don't go there for a toenail. And Sloan Kettering started their commercial by saying, Half of the people you know are gonna get cancer. And I'm looking around at the room, I'm like, there are some rooms where I could look around and say, all right, I'll do the math. Not in the room I was in, not in the room anybody's in. I don't wish that on strangers, I'm just kidding, but I don't want it to be me or anyone I know or anyone I love, I've already had that. I don't wanna see a commercial like that, it depressed me. I wanna be lifted up and laughing. That's what Super Bowl commercials are for. Show me some Clydesdales. Show me some movie previews that I want to see. Let me get a little tear. Let me see some celebrities cashing out and let me see if they're good at what they're doing. Is that Bradley Cooper's mom? Is T-Mobile doing two commercials with John Travolta singing Grease with Florida Hughes' boyfriend and John Travolta and that other guy from Scrubs singing Summer Lovin'? Wait. Does Bradley Cooper not know the lines? Are we just watching like a bloopers reel of Bradley Cooper and saying, you know what? We're gonna get T-Mobile because Bradley Cooper and his mother are having fun shooting a commercial. Are you going to use these products? Has the brand improved to the point where, yeah, I'm gonna switch to T-Mobile? Hell yeah.
I may drink Michelob Ultra, though. I'm not going to switch to Michelob Ultra because Brian Cox and Tony Romo are doing a Caddyshack reenactment with Serena. I'm going to smile, but I ain't switching beers. But I'll tell you what I am going to do. I'm using TurboTax because you can dance if you want to. You can leave your friends of mine because if friend don't dance and if they don't dance, then they're, what the hell is this? No friends of mine. What's this commercial for? How many times last night did you watch a commercial and say, I'm not sure what this is for? I recognize that person, maybe. That's Adam Driver. Well, that's 50 Adam Drivers. That's Will Ferrell acting like a driver. Wait, is this Netflix? Is he in Bridgerton? Is this a Netflix commercial? Why is his car electric? Netflix and General Motors hired Will Ferrell to act out all the Netflix shows and tell you why electric cars are gonna be used in Netflix shows. Great. Will Ferrell, I love you. Actors are acting. The only car that Matthew McConaughey drives from his Lincoln commercials, was it Lincoln, Cadillac? Here's a surprise for you. Any Cadillacs given to Matthew for doing those commercials go to his family members. You think Ben Stiller and Steve Martin are drinking Pepsi? They're acting. Brilliant of Pepsi to do a commercial about it. Just brilliant. Seeing Ben Affleck do Dunkin' Donuts makes me smile from Boston. Seeing Jennifer Lopez being annoyed at Ben Affleck. It's like they were in an award show. That was a good one. But the one that I need to focus on second and first are the two that really impacted me. The Google Pixel commercial bothered me tremendously. The Google Pixel commercial was where you could erase anything from a photo and they were making fun of it, right? You can erase someone with his butt crack in the background. You can erase someone, oh, you're not dating him? You've been erased. It was like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. There's Tom Arnold. No, that's true lies. You've been erased. It's Eraser, it's called with James Caan. Miss you, James. I'm scared about that because guess why? Whenever we look at a picture or a post and it leads to our social anxiety and it leads to us thinking that everyone's life is greater than everyone else's life, between green screens and erasing people who actually were in the picture, we don't know what the hell we're looking at. Is it real or is it Memorex? That scared me. But the winner of the worst commercial for the Super Bowl by far was Gronk's FanDuel field goal kick. What the hell was that? By the time the 15 second commercial was done, everyone was like, that wasn't it. That wasn't live. There was a live thing right in the upper right corner, a little thumbnail. It looked live to me. He kicked a 25 yard field goal. We all get 25, $10 million in bets. Hip, hip, hooray. No good. Gronk is like running around and falls down crying. The field goal is no good. And then FanDuel announces, don't worry, you all win anyway. Then what the hell was the point? I thought, we're trying to teach people what gambling is. You don't get to lose a bet and say, just kidding, you win. Gronk was doing it for the people and he couldn't hit a 25 yard field goal. Side note, that's harder to do than you think. Real note, didn't even realize it was live. Didn't know where they were. There was no setup. The camera angles were horrible as though they never even rehearsed it or blocked it as though you're blocking a movie. And then it was gone. That was sort of two words. Then it was gone and then it was done. Then it was done. Totally disappointed by that. Totally. But I did go have a Dunkin' Donut after because I sure as hell couldn't have a pizza. All right, we come back. We're going to review a movie because, of course, I still watched a movie. I promise. And then we got to go through all the Super Bowl bets, which we will. We'll be right back. 
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's baseball season. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. I'm David Sampson. Thank you for rating and reviewing, for being with us live, coming onto our YouTube channel, and subscribing, please. All right, Empire of Light is Sam Mendes, who directed uh, 1917. He's a wonderful director. He wrote this. It's about an old-time movie theater, and uh, Olivia Coleman stars along with Colin Firth and Toby Jones. It's not like Spielberg's The Fablemans, but it really does show you how movie theaters are made, the magic of movies, what can happen. There are definite racial undertones and racial strife. There is a young black man who comes to work for this movie theater and has a thing with an older white woman played by Olivia Coleman. It's so beautifully shot. It's called Empire of Light. And just, uh, she didn't get nominated for an Oscar, but she should have. That's how good she was. And if you have a chance, you may have seen her in The Crown. You may have seen her in The Lost Daughter. She's just an actress who uh, deserves your attention, to say the least. It's called Empire of Light. Don't miss it. Okay. Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. And when it happens, we'll tell you about it. I was positive on January 11th of this year, just about a month ago, that all the ridiculous interviews that Jim Mersey was doing, he had rounds and rounds of interviews. He was tweeting, I've now completed my interview with Chris Kringle. I think he's got a shot, but we may have to change our colors. Goes through different. We're now done with our second round. We've cut it down to 69 people. Jeff Saturday's still there. I was like, what a ruse. They're doing all this just to give the job to their interim, the analyst Jeff Saturday, who was brought on midseason, much to the chagrin of all the football people, against everybody. It was the worst move ever, and the team stunk after he coached them. But he was still in the running, and all of a sudden on Super Bowl Sunday, we get word there's no more Saturdays in Indianapolis. You're going straight from Friday to Sunday. And by the way, you want to watch who your coach is going to be? Turn into the Super Bowl. Tune in later and take a look at Shane Steichen. He's the Eagles offensive coordinator. All we need is a Jalen Hurts. All we need is a Kelsey and an offensive line. And I'm telling you, we are going to be the Eagles. Do you think that the Eagles offense is good because of the Eagles players on offense or the Eagles offense good because of their offensive coordinator? Hmm. Who's better, the chicken or the egg? Which you need first? It depends. Are you hungry or are you not? Well, it looks like the chain's getting his wish. He's flying right from Phoenix to Indianapolis. Brr. I lost that weight to see. I wonder if Jeff Saturday is going to go back to being an analyst. Maybe he'll stay on as a special assistant to Jim. 
I'm going to keep your salary the same, buddy. Sorry to put you through it. Glad you did three interviews. The last one was 12 hours. Not sure what there was left to say since we had eight games of game footage where we could have seen how you do. But we really wanted to get to know you off-season. Give me a break. Nothing personal pick of the day. We are 23 and 26. We went four and five in our nine bets yesterday. We had nine bets going yesterday for you. I'm going to go through them quickly in case you forgot. The coin flip. Tails never fails. Yet I chose heads. Great job, Dave. 0-1. Chiefs will score first. Great job, Dave. I thought the Chiefs, if they won the toss, would not defer because why would you give the ball to Philadelphia? Everybody defers now. That's analytics. Don't do it. Philly loves scoring first because they always score first, and then you're in a hole. I thought the Chiefs win with heads, and they say, screw you, I'm Andy Reid. We're taking the ball. And then the Chiefs would have scored first on a field goal. We would have won that. And then the team to score first would win. So the Chiefs score first and win. That didn't win. The Chiefs scoring first with a field goal. That didn't win. Coin flip at heads. That didn't win. That's four losses right there. Guess what? The Chiefs covered the spread and Mahomes was the MVP. Winner, winner. Nailed the quarterbacks. 292 yards for Pat Mahomes. No chance toilet pants take the under. Bingo. Jalen Hurts over 238. You're damn right that's going over 238. Winner. So that's four and five. We didn't get the over right. Why did I think they'd go under 50 and a half points? I thought that was a first half line. That was my bad. My bad. So we're four and five, meaning we are now a total of 23 and 26. And we're going into Monday night. We're getting close to being able to pick World Baseball Classic games. I don't do spring training games because I've been a part of too many spring training games. Do not bet spring training games. No matter what you do, no matter how bad your addiction is, I'm begging you, don't bet spring training games. Thank you. Brought to you by 1-800-GAMBLERS Anonymous. Sponsored by FanDuel. I plan on throwing a 75-mile-an-hour pitch down the middle to Miguel Cabrera just for charity for next year's Super Bowl commercial, and I think I'm going to get it past him. Just you wait. All right, the Mavericks play tonight. Have you seen the Mavericks, the love fest between Luka and Kyrie? Like they were meant to be together. They are brothers from another mother. They are reunited, and it feels so good. They're winning games. They're feeling good. Luca's got a star. I'm just picturing them holding hands and skipping down the street, buying food and going to see movies together and having nice romantic dinners. Oh, I'm so happy to have you, Kyrie. Oh, I love you, Luca. This is so much better than Brooklyn. Look, I'm in Dallas. Wait, does that guy have a gun? What the hell's that? It's a big hat you're wearing. Let's just win games. And there's Mark Cuban going like this and cheering, changing in the locker room. Kyrie, good to see you. Hey, Luca, not bad. We got him. Mav, seven and a half over the T-Wolves. Next time the T-Wolves want to trade 18 players to get Rudy Gobert, you might want to find out whether Rudy Gobert is a complimentary player or a star player. Hint, hint, go with the former, not the latter. Mav, seven and a half over the T-Wolves. That wasn't the only bit of basketball news this weekend. Has anyone ever made a trade for something? Ever bartered something? Ever bought something and had buyer's remorse? They have a whole law in New York called the Lemon Law. If you buy a car, you're all excited, and then your car stinks because it doesn't start or something happens. You can say, Lemon, give me my lemon, and they'll give you a new car or something good will happen. But if you buy like a piece of art, you're like, wow, that doesn't look good. Sorry, 
You put a finger through it, chocolate gets on it. People put, put their draw on it, whatever they do. Can't return it. Piece of clothing, no returns, no exchanges, final, final. 20% off of our 30% increase, but it's a final, final. You're stuck. In sports, when you make trades, you're stuck unless you can prove that there was some sort of fraud, fraudulent inducement to enter into a contract, a liar, unless you're trading with the San Diego Padres and they're trading you a guy who's hurt, but they don't tell you he's hurt because they've got two different sets of medical records. And you looked at the first set and said, hey, that guy looks good. Then you look at the second set and you're like, wow, that guy needs Tommy John. Oh, crikeys. What are we gonna do? We gotta do something. That's how it works in sports. You do a trade, pending physicals. But all these trades get announced before the physicals ever happen. And so it's really hard to turn back on a trade. We reversed that part of a trade, but we still traded the player we were trading to another team because we didn't wanna take that player back. We still wanted pitching. So we made the trade again, just without Colin Ray. Trades that are done in the NBA, they'll try to tell you the trade deadline is all about making your team better. And that may be 20% of it, but 80% of trades are all about the luxury tax in the National Basketball Association. It's about teams trying to get flexible, get under the cap, pay fewer dollars in taxes. It is such a strict situation where owners realize that they're paying an amount of money that is not reasonable. Even the Golden State Warriors, even the team that's worth the second most to the Knicks, even the team that generates the second most revenue per game to the Knicks, in their new arena there, Oracle Arena, you have no idea the tens of millions of dollars they're making per game. It's enough to make a baseball team jealous or other basketball teams. They traded, they had a, uh, they were bad. Remember the Warriors, they were winning titles, then they were bad and they had a number two pick in the whole draft. I think Clay was hurt and Draymond may have been playing or hurt and Steph was hurt, whatever the case was, they were just bad. They traded this guy named Jameis Wiseman and he played a little bit during their title run last year, but he wasn't playing much this year, a little hurt. And here's what happens. James, sorry, did I call him Jameis? Is there a Jameis Winston on the Warriors? I'm blanking a little bit now. Where does he play, Coca? Why is that name even in my head? He is a, oh, he's the Saints. <laughs> All right, cut that out. That is, that is not good. Ready? Wipe it. Four, eight, 69. So James Wiseman is top pick for the Warriors and they wanted to trade him. So they traded him in this four team deal and they were saving about $60 million in luxury tax over the course of a year or two. And that's actual money that owners save for a guy that's not even playing, let's trade him. And they brought back Gary Payton II, not Gary Payton the glove, Gary Payton II, who was actually a warrior when they did win a title and then left to sign a deal. He's been hurt. He had an abdominal issue, but he's back on the Warriors. The Warriors give him the physical and all of a sudden it leaks out. Um, he's hurt. The Warriors have a problem. They don't want to do this trade. They don't want to get back a player who's not a player. And Gary Payton is a great name, can be helpful as a role player on a championship team, but only if he's on the court. I mean, it's fun to have him dressed. He looks nice when he's on the bench. So what do they do? They call up the NBA and they say, listen, you got to step in here. We've got to undo this trade. The problem is the trading deadline had passed. If you undo a trade now, you cannot redo a trade. 
There is no other trade that could take place. There's no waiver deals. There's no nothing. It's a hard fixed deadline. February 9th, 3 p.m. The trades have to be done, period. And if you change your mind, have at it. We're happy to unwind it. Wiseman goes back to you. Peyton goes back to them. There were two other teams involved with players from this guy and picks and whatever else. We'll pretend it didn't happen. And the Warriors said, well, in that case, then we'll still have the same luxury tax bill, right? That's correct. Well, then how about if we make the trade because then we're really trying to save the money? That's okay. You want to do that? It's your choice. You have failed the physical of the player you're acquiring. You get the right after a failed physical to say, we don't care, Pierre, we'll still take the player. But once you get the player, he's yours. Once you accept the player, you cannot come back to me and complain. You can't go to the team who traded him. You can't go to the league office. You can't go anywhere. Once you sign the paper and hit the button that brings that player to your roster, you have sacrificed all rights and remedies that you have for any problem with that trade. Are we clear on that? So the Golden State Warriors got together and said, that sounds right, but let me tell you, I'd like you to think about changing the rules, Adam because you want this excitement at the deadline. We take over news from the NFL. There's no one else talking about anything but the NBA trade deadline. Why can't you make it so that we get an extension of the deadline for the sole purpose of that trade? Give us 24 more hours, not to trade other players, but we knew who we we're doing, we're trading Wiseman. You've got to give me 24 hours to trade him after this deadline because I'm reversing this trade. But then again, the NBA would say, forget it. We then have to give 24 hours to the other teams to trade the players who are in that trade. Okay, everybody involved in a trade, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to compromise. Everyone involved in the trade that gets taken down by a failed physical right as the deadline expires, if the team wants to change its mind, all the teams involved have 24 hours to trade any of the players and only the players any of the picks and only the picks that were involved in that particular trade. That's it. That's one way to do it. Or you have two trade deadlines. One trade deadline is after which the league cannot be informed of any possible transaction. That's the baseball trade deadline. You actually have people at the end of the MLB trade deadline. We've got people whose job it is, is to be on the phone with people in the commissioner's office because let's say the deadline's 4 p.m. All that has to happen is that the commissioner's office has to be told about a trade by the deadline. Physicals don't have to be done. The paperwork doesn't have to be done. None of it has to be done. The commissioner's office has to be told about it. That's the deadline. We could make that the NBA rule. Hey, just get people on hold, make it like a phone bank like a telethon. Hey, we got this trade. And then you've got time after to make it happen. You can re rejigger it if you have to. Whatever the case may be, when you have a league where you're willing to take an injured player because you so desperately want to get rid of a tax bill, you realize from a union standpoint, that tax bill may have gone too far because leagues are now changing the way they operate. Teams are changing the way they operate. Not as concerned about being better, but concerned about wasting money. If you've got too many players who are being traded like that, I don't know if you heard that, I just broke my pen and it dug right into me, Coca. I'm not bleeding, but I'm definitely potentially bleeding. All right, I gotta stop doing that. Where was I? God, that hurt. Did you see that? Sorry. NBA, Wiseman, Winston, Deadline, Peyton, Rule Change, No Chance, 
failed physical. We don't care. You know why? We're saving the tax. You think the Marlins were the only team that made trades for business? Forget it. All teams do. It's just business. See you tomorrow. Maybe. This is nothing personal. <laughs>